It's worth knowing what's really going on. This is the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Donald Trump has been indicted in Atlanta. We have so many court dockets to follow, but we haven't really seen anything yet. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution has covered every moment of this historic case. I've been writing about this investigation for two and a half years. Our team is led by reporters Bill Rankin and Tamar Hallerman. Follow our coverage on AJC.com and listen to new in-depth episodes of the award-winning podcast, Breakdown, the Trump Indictment, only from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. You all can learn something new by subscribing to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution's new newsletter called Unapologetically ATL. It's all about the people, the events, and the entertainment happening in Metro Atlanta that Black people might want to know about. So subscribe today at www.ajc.com slash unapologetically ATL. This is Access Atlanta. Every week, we share some of the best places to eat, play, and live out loud in the ATL. And, of course, we go behind the scenes and find the stories that show Atlanta is one of a kind. Welcome to Access Atlanta. I'm your host, Shane Harrison. We've changed the way we do our podcast. That means we're recording it remotely from our homes, but we've also changed what we're talking about in the podcast, since we've always prided ourselves on providing guidance on things to do in and around Atlanta, and because most venues, theaters, and attractions are closed, we're going indoors, and in some cases where it's practical, outdoors to places where it's easy to practice social distancing. What makes a hit song memorable is often how it evokes certain emotions. On rarer occasions, a tune gets released to the universe to evoke a chuckle, a raised eyebrow, or even a what is that doing on the radio and why do I like it? And those are the songs we'll be talking about this week. And Melissa Ruggieri and Rodney Ho are here to offer up some of their favorite novelty songs of the past six decades. Welcome, Melissa. Hi, Shane. And welcome, Rodney. Hey, Shane. So uh, you guys decided to uh, put together this uh, list. We all love lists. And uh, <laughs> this, is, this one's kind of a, a very interesting uh, concept, I think. So what, what brought that ar- around? What, what is the impetus behind doing this one? I don't know. I, I don't know. For some reason, I, I think I heard Hooked on Classics. And I was like, this is just, it, it, even after 40 years, I still find it bizarre that that was a top 10 hit. You know, just a bunch of, you know, classic songs cobbled together with a disco beat just struck me as bizarre. Uh, yet, yeah. I, yet, I, yet it, it was a huge hit. And I was like, oh, I, I don't know. You know, then I thought of the word novelty because we've used that phrase and that we're going to sit here and debate what the heck a novelty song is. Some people may argue that it's not a novelty song, but I'm going to argue that it, it, it fits that, that realm, uh, even though a lot of these other songs are simply irritating and annoying. And sometimes they're just like, yeah. I mean, I, I picked a few that are just super annoying <laughs> that maybe right. I don't mind hearing once in a blue moon, <laughs> but I certainly don't want to hear it every day, you know, uh, yeah. but that's okay. I mean, that's perfectly fine. <laughs> yeah. In terms of yeah. How we, I don't know. How, how do you define what we're doing here, Melissa, exactly? Well, I, I was going to back up just a little and, you know, Rodney and I have done a couple of collaboration stories the past year. We did 
80 songs that you may have forgotten. And then we did TV themes and, you know, we text a lot. We probably text each other, you know, 20, 30 times a day about random stuff like, Hey, I went to Starbucks or, <laughs> or something that we yeah, may have heard. Yeah, pretty darn exciting stuff. Yeah, exactly. But uh, back in February, he actually had sent me a text asking if I, like a screenshot of something that had come on his, his serious uh, channel and asking if I had heard the song by a group called 2NU, I guess it's too new. And I said, no, I actually never heard of them. So I looked it up and, you know, we started going back and forth a little bit about them. And they were this duo with, and from the 90s. It did a lot of spoken word stuff. And then we kind of just started talking. And, you know, Rodney said, if we ever did a story about the strangest songs, we should definitely include this. And I said, you know, maybe we should do something like that. And then it evolved into, well, maybe we should just do something about novelty songs because they are just the, those weird things that you hear and go, yeah, exactly. Why am I hearing this on the radio? And what's really funny is that since we did this song last week, he and I both keep hearing a lot of these songs, like just all of a sudden, you, you know, I, I watched Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist. And one of the songs I picked for my list from the 2010s was The Fox, that what does right. the fox say? And that song was actually used in Zoe about a week ago. And then, you know, yep. I get in the car the other day and what's on the 90s channel, Right Said Fred's, I'm Too Sexy, which was one of Rodney's songs. And he heard something the other day too, that, you know, it's like things that maybe we've heard them a lot anyway, but you just kind of forget that they even exist because they're this weird wallpaper right, in your right. life. But but yeah, as far as what constitutes a novelty song, um, uh, yeah. It's I, funny. I, I, yeah, I had a college friend who, you know, who I, I sent the story to him, you know, when it came in and he said it was more about intent. In his mind, if, if a group or an act is purposely trying to create a joke song, then then it's a novelty song. But if it's not, if the intent is a serious song that just happens to be ridiculous, like I chose My Humps by Black Eyed Peas, a very established group. And I thought that song is so stupid. I just chose it. <laughs> because the lyric its lyrical content is so dumb but maybe the intent of that song wasn't meant to be novelty in any way i, I don't know yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's pretty awful so right. yeah. there you go they, they intended it to be that bad yeah rodney and i actually went to lunch gosh when was it probably back in march maybe and we sat down and outside and went you know just kind of came up with this list you came up with the initial list and i, I threw a few things in there and right. you know of course we had probably well over 50 60 songs that oh, we definitely and, chosen and, and, from. And, I, and i didn't pick you know you mentioned a few and we ended up i didn't put them on the list and we forgot about them i think like in the 70s you picked a few that i didn't put on the list because they were you know you define you know i, I don't know the night georgia there's a bunch of weird songs. oh the night the night chicago, chicago died, died by paper lace yeah yes, yes. And, and Ode to Billy Joe, those, those two, because, yeah, I mean, I, those are story songs from the 70s. Yeah, the, those story songs from the 70s, um, you, know, you know, The Night Chicago Died, that is just so factually inaccurate to me, that would make it a novelty song in itself as far as its geographic mentions. <laughs> like, I think it's the east side of Chicago is the first right. line. And my friend who's uh, who grew up there is like, there is no east side of Chicago. And it, it senses him yeah. every time he hears this song. Right. Uh, you're but, in a lake if you're on the east side of Chicago, right? right. Isn't, isn't Journey, don't stop believing there's no South Detroit either. So there you go. <laughs> That's true. Exactly. So I guess creative license with some of it. But um, but yeah, I mean, you know, sometimes these are one hit wonders. And sometimes they are songs, as Rodney said, that even though it might come from an established artist, is just sort of this ridiculousness like Randy Newman's short people. You know, Rand Randy Newman is a master of satire and 
when you first heard that song, I know when I heard it growing up as a, well, I was a kid then, so I was really short, but I'm still, you know, not that tall right now as an adult. Yeah. And, and I still get mad when I hear the song, even though it's the same with I Love L.A. I get I get annoyed at I Love L.A. because I don't love L.A. and I don't like the fact that he makes fun of New York, which I do love. So, but you know, <laughs> the, there's there's a difference, you know, even, but that that's still to me, Short People was a bit of a novelty song, even though it was coming from a brilliant songwriter who's, part of what he does is, is, you know, intelligent satire, you know? So what is Chuck Berry's my dingling is, what is that? That's, that's just, just terrible. (laughs) That song is, it's like Chuck Berry is, is one of the the greatest musicians in rock and roll and one of the originators. And yet, yeah, that was his biggest hit. And that's, that's just sad. That's just wrong. You know, <laughs> maybe Rodney, our, our next collaboration could be just the worst songs ever. <laughs> yeah, which might overlap some of the ones we ended up picking here. I mean, I, I was kind of weirdly arbitrary. I, I, I was much more thoughtful about my TV theme song picks here. I was just, I kind of let you pick your three and then I just picked whatever. <laughs> Sometimes it was just like, okay, Convoy, somehow this is a terrible song, but I'm picking Convoy. It somehow captured the 70s in some weird way. You know? Yeah, well, it captured a moment. That's a moment, sure. a very uh, King Tut by Steve Martin captured a specific moment. The Streak by Ray Stevens, again, a very specific. The '70s was very weird, uh, just by defined by those songs alone, right? So, right, yeah, yeah, it's true. I mean, they, they, you know, they often capitalize on a fad. Oh my gosh, like yeah. I mean, yeah, well, Pac Man Fever for sure. Oh, yes. and, and Battles from Atlanta. You know, I, I know Jerry Buckner very well, and he was very happy when I uh, picked him in the '80s. Oh, was he? Did yeah. you did you hear from him about? Oh it? yeah, of course. Yeah, I, it <laughs> I know Jerry. I, I did a piece on Pac-Man Fever last year. So I right, bet. right. Well, and then Rodney Dangerfield, and you know, 1980 had rapping Rodney the that whole you know I get no respect, no respect, which was the whole chorus of the song, which tied oh. into his whole you know stand-up shtick, which was the, a defining characteristic of Rodney oh, Dangerfield. Oh, you know, Billy Crystal's "You Look Marvelous." Uh, yeah, that know. that that could have made our list too. You know, that's the other thing when like all these stories that we've done, we each pick three from each decade starting in the 1960s up until now so you've only got six songs per decade that we really had space for and even for the print version we had to pare that down to two two songs per decade and you know even though we have unlimited space online you also don't want to pick you know 10 songs per decade or for each of us or 20 songs per decade ridiculous yeah yeah which which we could have done so there are a lot of songs and you know we got some nice emails from some readers saying like hey you should have had this or you should have had that and you know in some cases yeah we actually did have it like ray stevens a streak you know on our original list but when it just came time to choose what we personally were drawn toward it might not have made that final cut and had we done some expanded volume three of this, some yeah. of those songs we don't know. And look, the 80s, 80s was my decade. So I have a, a, a deep, you know, connection to Star Trekking by The Firm, which is about Star Trek. And it's, <laughs> it was the terrible Super Bowl shuffle and then the Curly shuffle, which was somewhat yeah. better, I guess. <laughs> I don't no, know. it wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't. Okay, fair enough. And fish, yeah. and fish heads. What the heck was that about? Oh gosh, oh, fish wow. heads. Yeah, I remember fish yeah. heads. But you know what was funny with this one, Rodney, is with the TV theme songs. You know, we talked about in the story how TV theme songs aren't what they were back in you know the 60s and 70s and, right. and 80s that they were such a defining part of a show and then by the time you got to especially these streaming shows now you're lucky if you get two notes and that's pretty much the theme song. Right. But with this, when we got to the current decade. Yeah, we found a decent amount of stuff leading right up to. But, but it, obviously, know, the, the source isn't radio. Obviously, the, the source right. comes from YouTube, TikTok, random places. I mean, right up to 
you know, the magic of, of you know, Lil Nas X, you know, you know, right. all the way up. you know, obviously Rebecca, I actually considered Friday by Rebecca Black as being so fundamentally terrible, yet it became a massive hit, you know, for, for no good reason. <laughs> right. For it's pure badness. Yeah. Right. <laughs> And, and there are a lot of songs like that, you know, Size Gangnam Style, that really became a viral hit because of the video and, you know, just oh, people... the dance. Yeah, the ridiculous And the dance, dance. Ex exactly. And a going lot of back these to... had to do with dances. Yeah, a lot of them. Yeah. Well, you know, we, yeah. I was just going to say, we probably could have thrown the, the, the Macarena in there too. But, um, but, you know, going back to the Fox, what does the Fox say from Ilvis, I believe is how you say their name? <laughs> um, you know, that... I, I went back and watched the video right before I wrote my little sentence or two about it because I just wanted to be refreshed. And I'm watching this video and I'm going, okay, these people are insane. I mean, it's like, it's like watching it. It's like, they're, it's like they're watching an acid Yeah, they're on an LSD trip. Yeah, 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 you know, in their fox costumes out in the forest and everybody, you know, running around with their fingers yeah, on top of yeah, their heads. The, like the intent of that song was clearly, uh, you know, to be ridiculous. So that was yeah. definitely fits in the novelty world because they weren't even trying to be serious about anything. This was not, there was no underlying social uh, message. Exactly. And, and Baby Shark too is another that I oh, think- Oh, that was, was weird. Yeah. It was basically a conglomeration of old children's songs turned into one new children's song that just became, and they're like, they have a hundred variants of that song. You know, they have a Halloween version, mm -hmm. Christmas version. Yeah, I mean, they have a reggae version. Yeah, you name it. They have a hard rock version. Yeah, I've heard them all. Believe me, I have a five-year-old. So I've heard I was, I was, I was just going to say, you know, I, I don't have kids. And this is one reason why I'm glad I don't have kids. So I don't have to well, listen to things song, like Baby Shark. <laughs> somehow that song went beyond. Yeah, that song became so popular. Even people without, you know, kids somehow know that song, which is good or bad. It, it was inescapable. I mean, right, Shane? Even, yeah, you know, oh, yeah. You, know. <laughs> you, you can't avoid it. And that's the thing about so many of these songs, they become unavoidable no matter what you, you, you know, they just invade our lives. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Were there, uh, Shane, were there a couple that come to you, to mind that we didn't mention or anything that. Well, that, the that, one thing I think that, that you didn't mention that I, the first thing that popped into my mind when I heard this mm -hmm. was Disco Duck. Mm. God, and I hate that song. Wow, Which I hated that one. Absolutely one of the it went number one. It was a number one hit. How did that go it, to number one? What it was one of thinking? the worst moments ever in, in popular music. <laughs> yeah, I, I I love Rick Dees as a countdown, you know, DJ, but man, what, what the heck was going on? There? That, that was befuddling. Uh, yeah, that, that was truly, truly terrible. Yeah, that, that and, makes uh, convoy, you know, is, is like <laughs> as a you know a glorious uh, song in comparison. Uh, I do I mean, think the thing is that really you know, going through this list, most of these songs I could live happily without ever hearing again. Sure. Um, there are okay. a few that, that I do have a, an affection for, uh, specifically Itsy Bitsy Teeny Weeny Yellow. Oh, mm -hmm. that's hilarious. I can I never thought that would be the one that you would find. I, well, I, it, it's it's a it's a childhood memory. There I mean, we go. It came out long before I was born. Well, not long before, but before <laughs> I was born. But I had it on some compilation Shane album. Is, Shane is forever 29. Come on. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but but it came, it was on a compilation album that I had as a child. And as a child, that's a great song. Well, of course, it's got funny words in it. It's the exactly. meanie. But yeah. you know something, you know something really creepy though, Shane. So I watched, you know, I went to YouTube, I called it up because again, I just wanted some refreshers on these songs that even though we've heard them a million times, when it comes time to write a, a pithy sentence, right. <laughs> you, know, you, want, you want to have something fresh in mind. I 
it, it was a TV appearance that Bobby Highland did. Um, Brian Highland. I'm yeah, sorry, I, thank you. Brian Highland did to you know performing the song, and I can't remember which show it was. I'm not even sure it it designated which show it was. So he starts singing the song, and the itsy bitsy teeny weeny yellow polka, polka dot bikini was on a girl of about the age of six who oh. came, came out from the back with a towel over her head and oh, was that, being that, all shy. And you're kind of going, oh, this is not what I thought this song was about. And this is now really kind of weird and creepy. And, <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, it went, it went a, a direction you didn't think it was going to yeah, go. Yeah, <laughs> it really did. And then, you know, reading some of the comments on the on the YouTube clips too, people were basically saying the same thing. Like, um, is that really what this song is about? Because I'm thinking more, you know, high school, college girl type of thing, right. or even, you know, young woman in her 20s or whatever. Exactly. Not, not That's what child. I thought. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know if maybe because of the time, since it was a TV appearance, that they couldn't have a scantily clad young lady on right. there, that maybe they had to go with a kid. Oh, it broadcast it standards. Right. Sixty. I mean, look, they, yeah. they, they were they were scandalized by Elvis's hip action just a couple years right. earlier. Right. So. Exactly. So that's the only thing I could think of that the song really is geared more toward a, an older you know, or young woman, not a child. But they didn't <laughs> but, have music videos back then. So that's probably right. the only video you could find of it. Right. So that was the only right. appearance you could find. Yeah. Him. Yeah. But um, yeah, it is, it's definitely a, a catchy song, especially, you know, if you're growing up and you're hearing that all the oh, time on the radio, right? Oh yeah. It, it was probably more tolerable than even, yeah, Surf and Bird or Tiptoe Through the Tulips, which are clearly very, very, you know, they're coming to take me away. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh my gosh. Kill, kill me now. Yeah. Hello, Mata, right? Hello Mata. Some of these were horribly annoying songs. And, and tiny and tiny Tim, by the way, he's somebody else who just popped up on our radar in the past week that there's a documentary coming out about him. I'm like, really? Yes. <laughs> I know that's weird. Yeah, he's been dead for years, right? I mean, right, he was, right. He was, he was popular. He died. He died right after playing that song. Uh, that, yep. it, that that's sort of a legend to go with that song. That he had played it on stage. He told his wife he didn't feel well. He had had a heart attack, I believe, you know, in recent months leading up to that. Um, and you know, she said, okay, well, let's go backstage. And by the time he got backstage, he just collapsed. So wow, the last thing unusual. he ever played was Tiptoe Through the Tulips. And how, you know, how fitting is that really? His legendary song that will always be attached to him. I know. Yeah. And well, I, I picked Alice's Restaurant. I mean, he's, you know, Woody Guthrie's son, Arlo. And it was actually not, I don't know how you define that one. It was a 20, it was like an 18 minute song. <laughs> and it was basically him right. just telling a story. Um, and that's yeah. fascinating to me that that was a hit. And well, it yeah. really never was played on the radio very much because it was too long but, yeah they didn't well they certainly wouldn't play the whole thing right right and but you know it became a favorite uh he was the first person i ever interviewed as a you know in high school oh, really yeah. arlo arlo guthrie <laughs> yeah because he was at the oyster bay arboretum and he did a concert there and he let me talk to him for a few minutes after the concert so i got to watch alice's restaurant live back in uh, all, all 18 minutes of it <laughs> yes yes indeed, indeed. yeah um, and he's and he is still with us so yeah yeah I Some of these just, folks from way back aren't like Tiny Tim, as we mentioned. Uh, Cheech but, and Chong uh, are still here. They they, they did yeah. some funny stuff in the seventies. <laughs> oh, yeah. Randy Newman is still here. Randy <laughs> Newman, true. yeah, yeah. I I was always, you know, growing up. Um, I was still pretty young when Star Wars came out, but I very quickly became a Star Wars fan, probably around the time of Empire in eighty eight. Was that eighty one? Empire Strikes 81? Back, nineteen eighty. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and. So then, you know, of course, went back and got into Star Wars. But I remembered hearing that Mecco theme, the, the Star Wars theme. The disco, again, again. The disco, right. That's that kind of tied in with that hooked on classics thing. I mean, I think that's exactly what they were going for. It was the same. And KTEL Records, they did them all. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. I was like, I hadn't thought about KTEL in a long time, but they did all the compilation LPs, right? All these weird LP yep. compilations. 
was and it was just thing. it was just so weird. Like I still remember sitting in the car with my my older sister and hearing that ver- the Mecco version of the Star Wars theme and being a little confused because you know, I, at that age, I couldn't really differentiate between John Williams and Mecco, <laughs> you know, but, yeah, it, but I knew something sounded different and, and disco was so prevalent at the time that it just seemed like a natural fit that, you know, that this was the type of music that was going with the star Wars theme, but now looking back on it, or when I hear it now, like Sirius's seventies channel plays it fairly often, actually. Yeah. I, I still listen to it sometimes just for the nostalgia factor. And I think that's another thing that goes with a lot of these novelty songs. It's, it is a nostalgia factor too. Oh, for right. sure. There's no doubt. For yeah, for us, seventies, eighties, nineties songs, for sure. There's definitely a sense of uh, weird warmth, and you know, we have to give love. You know, we didn't include Weird Al Yankovic, and that was kind of a debate in my mind. It's like how you know how are we going to not include him, but we have to not include him because he has literally you know twenty or thirty potential great <laughs> original and cover mm-hmm. songs that parody songs he's done. Like, what do you do right. with Weird Al in this situation? He, he stands yeah. alone. He is the yeah, that's his whole career. That's that's what he, he exactly. is. Exactly. He's truly the goat of uh, you know greatest of all time on parodies. Nobody yeah. even close to him. And and you know what he was doing too was a little different than this because he was taking songs that were already established by major artists and tweaking them into his own version with a funny slant to it, right. as opposed to creating a brand new song. A brand new song, you know, even like Shut Up in Your Face from Joel Dolce, which was one of the few that Rodney and I were, you know, not, I want to say argued over, but he was like, I would have taken that one if you didn't want it. But yeah, I, I kinda, it was the I first kinda... single I ever purchased with Hit Me With Your Best Shot and uh, Celebration yeah. in 1980. You know, was, we we both we both had we both had uh, sentimental uh, meaning behind it because I remember my very Italian grandmother actually really loved that song even though she was in her seventies probably at the time and whenever it would come on the radio she would be in the back seat singing it so <laughs> I have I have you. that hey you know and <laughs> and if you are Italian it does sort of fit with the lingo of what you would hear from your relatives most of the time anyway so yeah, <laughs> so Rodney like, I both had tied to that one. Uh, like a lot of these songs they probably wouldn't pass muster in twenty twenty one. this is true this is true yeah i know i know just like a lot of a lot of pop culture now from if you look back from 30 years ago yeah somebody mentioned kung fu fighting by carl douglas would that even qualify as a novelty Mm. song but it it Mm. and i I love that song even as an asian person i found that song hilarious so but Mm. sung by a black dude that's a good question actually though would would that be a novelty song yeah i I know we we could have this debate afternoon delight is that a novelty song I think they I think they were intentional with that. I yeah, don't know. I think so. I think they <laughs> well, yeah, they definitely were, but but that doesn't that doesn't mean it uh it couldn't be stretched to the definition of, yeah, of novelty it, song. It, it got yeah, and it got revived by Anchorman, of course. That song somehow yeah. right. Got yes. Yeah, that's another thing. Some of these pop up in, in movies and other media, and that's you know, they get them going lease at life that's you know, far past its original. Because that's the thing about so many of these songs that they are of a moment, very much of a moment. Mm-hmm. Oh, entirely, yeah. The, the late 90s had that weird spate of Thong songs. Song, Who Let you the know, Dogs Out, the, right. Bombo Number 5, yeah. The Bad Touch by Blood yeah. And then, you know, I, my picks were Barbie Girl, Blue Bada B from Eiffel 65, and then that that very odd but intriguing Everybody's Free to Wear Sunscreen. By Boz Lerman. <laughs> by Boz Lerman, which was actually a column from a Chicago Tribune columnist that she had written a hypothetical commencement speech that they set to music and not really even music, really just a backdrop. Uh, and it just became this pop culture phenomenon because it came out around the time of graduation. So, you know, people who were graduating that year really took it as their as their own. And it is an inspirational 
thing to listen to. And even when I listen back to that, you kind of go, yeah, there was, I mean, but it, it, because it was a column because it wasn't written as a song, it was written as actual you know, journalism, basically yeah. commentary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's another thing that, I mean, you bring up Eiffel 65 and that there there's, there's a certain vein of, Euro trash pop. <laughs> yes. Opera um, and Eiffel 65 European. You're right. right. Yeah. And, and, and Rio, Macarena. Uh, well, and Barbie Ooh, Girl has that German. sort of that, that Eurovision mm -hmm. sort of. Yes. Yeah. Bad pop that, that is, is an earworm. Yes. I, I, I mean, you go back Ace of Base. Those guys came out of Europe too. That, but they weren't, they weren't novelty, but there was definitely that cheesiness factor too. Yeah. Ace of and Base. I, I do, I do have a, a, a and Roxette for, for Ace of Base and Roxette. So, yeah. Yeah. I, Scandinavian I, pop in general. I have. <laughs> no, I, I do too. But I feel like Roxette and and Ace of Base were more fully formed artistic endeavors than, yeah. than oh, Aqua. Oh, right. oh, for sure. Yeah, Aqua was clearly the intent was was a joke. There's no doubt about that one. Yes. It's, uh, and how this? How did Cotton Eye Joe become like a stadium thing staple in that i don't yeah. know i mean that's a weird one I, I you know when i went to yankee games throughout the 1990s 2000s they played that all the time yeah i know and, and I, it always annoyed me <laughs> i didn't understand that one there that was really kind of odd uh, yeah i i remember the first time i heard it in a stadium too you i kind of went what is this and why is everybody else seem to know the words because i had never even heard yeah, it before. So it, you're it right like how always, did, yeah. yeah that didn't get a lot of radio airplay that just became a thing in stadiums bizarre yeah i think well, i think it was played some at dance clubs though there so, we go yeah uh, that's probably part the djs of yeah and obviously they have djs who play at stadiums so somebody must have picked it up and, and realized it was getting good reaction from the crowd you know even yeah. if they didn't know the song somehow it's very you know it's a very upbeat song that gets people on their feet i guess which is what you're trying to do at a stadium <laughs> yeah and it's just so weird that someone would take you know an old song like that and mm -hmm pump mm -hmm. it up with this euro beat and <laughs> then call themselves rednecks with an x right it's just odd yeah, not, so much of this is odd yeah, yeah. Which, which is great i mean that's that's the world we live in is sometimes weird things just come out there and uh here we are you know? yeah yeah um, well I, and I, I would like to give credit to uh no more kings for i believe probably planting the seed for what has become cobra kai and you yeah, know, I just start those guys who are no more kings. Who are these they? People? They were in LA. I, I mean, they were in LA. I guess I think they were studio musicians who just decided to get together and, and do this thing. And we recently started watching Cobra Kai at home. And it was, you know, I was just watching it one night with my husband. And it's, we were, you know, talking about this story, Rodney. And it just sort of hit me that I was like, oh my God, that's right. There was that song from, you know, 15, 10, 15 years ago. And, and he that, got some of the, he got some of the original people. In the I video. think the entire, if, if I read this correctly, the entire male cast, except for Pat Morita, who had passed by then, is in it. And I did go back and watch the video. And yeah, I mean, they, How they, did they are convince all them in to it. do that. It's I don't know. Well, I guess they weren't busy. So yeah. <laughs> in 2007. But when you look at the video, it's the concept is basically what would the characters of Karate Kid be doing now? Of course, they were having, you know, especially Johnny was having a much worse life than he does in Cobra Kai, but he was just a, you know, a bum living in a trailer, drunk all the time kind of thing. But I'm sure that somewhere along the way, somebody thought, you know, that's actually not a bad idea for a series. Well, they finally Let's... did pitch it. Yeah, they, they found yeah. three people who were just huge fans of the Karate Kid. And yeah, I covered, I've been on set, it's shot here in Atlanta. So I, I know the backstory to how Cobra Kai came about. 
And, and believe me, I mean, you know, Ralph Macchio told me that literally they got pitched every week. Almost somebody was always pitching them about something to revive Karate Kid for years. And he would say no time and time again. And finally, these three people convinced them that it was it's, a good idea. Yeah, know? no, I mean, it, it's great. And the video is really cute. If you haven't seen it or if you haven't seen it since 2007, it's definitely worth calling up to take a look at it. And it's a fun song. I mean, it's frivolous. It's exactly what, you know, you would think uh, it would be. And uh, YouTube was such a weird phenomenon because it did create songs that never really charted, but were huge. You know, mm -hmm. I, I can't believe the Axel F that crazy frog song has been mm -hmm. like a billion times or something. I mean, it's astounding. A billion? Yeah. How is that even possible? You know, I know this. That's the same with the Fox song. It's it's more than a billion now, also. And you also think, really, there are so many artists out there who are I so mean, talented. Yeah. I mean, Justin Bieber, <laughs> Taylor Swift. I get it. But how did these guys get to a billion? It does. It just it boggles my brain. I mean, that, that, yeah. And that was two. I think yours was two point eight billion for Crazy yeah, Frog. Yeah, which yeah. I mean, that's yeah. I mean, considering is insane. Know, yeah, I mean, yeah, you think yeah, about how, how many page views the AJC gets every day. You're thinking, oh, it's going to take a while for us to get to two. <laughs> well, it, and and that song that that's one of the most annoying ever. I mm -hmm. think that that is like a headache in musical <laughs> form. <laughs> Which one, uh, Axel F or Crazy Frog? Yeah, Crazy Frog. Yeah, okay. yeah, that's yeah. Song. Ooh. Well, and and that's what a lot of these are too. They're they're just an insinuating, grading, musical. You know, a couple of chords or a couple of notes and oh, I mean, repeated ad nauseum. Surfing bird by the Trashman. I mean, he's mm -hmm. singing it clearly in a fashion to annoy the hell out of you. He's singing it vocally in a way that is just not normal at all. He's he's literally trying to play like a, an annoying bird. And we have Family Guy to thank for keeping that alive as well. <laughs> yes. Well, I, and I was going to say, I think like with a song like that, the audience is kids and they yeah. it's like like with Baby Shark. And yes. once the once the kids get hold of it and think it's fun and either sing along with the goofy sounds or do the dance or whatever, then it just permeates everybody's lives. And suddenly something that parents have to listen to ad nauseum right. as well. Yeah. So in a good sense, at least nobody's revived Disco Duck that way. So it's never that's never. Yes, that, that there are things to be thankful for. Yeah, there's, always, you, there's always this decade shade yeah I, I mean it's weird that axel f by harold faltermeyer got revived you know that's that was random yeah yeah, yeah that's true well, maybe there'll be I, maybe there'll be some enya song that somebody decides to oh well don't give remake. people ideas right i like enya hey i do too but i'm not sure i'd want to hear the the novelty version of an enya right. song oh yes. fair enough i, I got yeah, exactly well, is there anything else that we should mention before we go? Because uh, as you know, we've talked about all of these. We didn't go through them in any order or anything like that. But we've mentioned a very good percentage of the ones that you guys uh, <laughs> we did. Yes. And and, you know, everybody can go to the AJC.com website and check it out uh, the entire list. Uh, but is there anything else we should mention that uh, that we didn't? Yeah, yeah. I, I think we, we we did mention three. We ended up using three Atlanta artists. I don't know whether we did that on purpose. Maybe kind of. <laughs> yeah, uh, for for deal with Laffy Taffy with the late Shoddy Low as part of that. I mean, that's a that's a song that I believe uh, several hip hop sites claimed as the worst hip hop song ever. But yeah. <laughs> it certainly gave them some visibility. And at the time, that's 
perfectly fine because that's yeah. exactly you know what, what they were looking for um who else who else do we have from atlanta rodney Lil nas x and of course buckner. oh Lil nas x of course right and, right. and of course you know who, who who else would hang out with those guys but buckner and garcia from the yes you know, the, the late guard jerry garcia um, right so. uh, not jerry garcia right, yeah. God, what was i was gonna name? say wait jerry, buckner, jerry garcia <laughs> jerry buckner and what was his partner's name i can't remember his, uh, his garcia's name i'm sorry my apologies uh, to mr garcia there well you could go back and read your your but, story yeah, that you did about them well, last year yeah, exactly. I forgot. So yeah, I that's, can't remember. Uh, yeah, Buckner and Garcia. Well, it, it doesn't mention it. Gary here. Garcia yeah. was his name. He died a few years ago. Right. Yes. Yeah. And and there's also a link to a story your your story about them earlier. So yes. Yeah. Um, so yeah, go check all these out. Uh, we've got the entire list up at AJC.com. So and feel uh, free to share your picks with us as well, anybody you know, because we know we know we like I said, as I said we, I know we, we know we missed some we had a much longer list but it's still always fun to hear from people what they liked as their novelty song picks and that kind of thing right because there could be some that, that we've all forgotten about yes we may like it better that way but you know you can <laughs> remind us anyway right <laughs> and then it'll be stuck in our heads for the rest of the month <laughs> right right all right well well thanks uh, Melissa and thank you and thanks Rodney all right, and we'll, we'll and, come up with some other grandiose idea down the road. <laughs> yeah, yeah, check back because we'll have some more fun lists, I'm sure, coming up. I, I love lists. You know, people love them. They're oh, fun. Yeah. All right. And we well, like to write them. Because exactly. it, it gives us something to argue about. Yeah. Right. That, that's not politics. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thank All right. All right. Thanks so much. Take care. Thanks. Those of us who have been waiting for spring, who have been seeking ideas for our own planting, can find inspiration in gardens all over the region. There are many green retreats to be found locally. Some, like Gibbs Gardens near Ballground, require a short drive. Others are right in the middle of town. Bo Emerson offers up a list of five gardens that you can visit this spring season to get ideas or just to revel in the beauty. Find his story on AJC.com and in this week's Do Guide in the Friday Print Edition. Bon Jovi will kick off this year's Encore Drive-In Nights, a concert series started last year when the coronavirus pandemic initially nixed touring. A filmed, never-before-seen concert from the band will be shown on May 22nd at about 300 drive-ins and outdoor theaters around the country, including Atlanta's Starlight Drive-In and the Tiger Drive-In in Tiger, Georgia. Get all the details on how to see the show on the Atlanta Music Scene blog at AJC.com. Turn of the Century London is the last place you'd expect to see Mr. Rogers, but there he was in the Atlanta Opera's world premiere of a reimagined production of the Three Penny Opera. With a wave to the audience, he exchanges his Oxfords for tennis shoes, his sport coat for a cardigan. Then he begins to tell a tale of murder, infidelity, and greed. Staged in an open-air tent in the parking lot of the Cobb Energy Performing Arts Center to meet pandemic safety guidelines, the Atlanta Opera inserts Rogers as narrative glue pulling together scenes from the opera. Read our review of the Three Penny Opera on AJC.com. Pure maple syrup from Maine, cheese from Wisconsin, potatoes from Idaho. We can name plenty of places where food comes from, but the product becomes much more real and meaningful when we see its point of origin in person rather than knowing it only as a dot on a map. Recently, our dining editor, Lagaya Figueres, took an impromptu detour through Vidalia Onion Country and gained a newfound respect for this Georgia staple. Read this latest adventure in food on AJC.com. To get the AJC delivered or to subscribe to the e-paper, go to AJC.com slash subscribe. 
For more things to do in and around Atlanta, go to AJC.com. Our senior editor is Nicole Smith. The podcast is edited by Tyson Horn. The theme music is by Bo Emerson and Billy Guin, and I'm your host, Shane Harrison. Join us next week for more Access Atlanta.